الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى الصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن صلاتي ونسكي ومحياي ومماتي لله رب العالمين صدق الله العظيم Brothers and sisters, the various lessons that we revise from time to time, all this is meant to bring about an awareness in our hearts and minds, bring about some concern, motivation, first and foremost for myself. I am most in need of it and for all of us that this concern should develop in our hearts to rectify our lives, to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, to remove any things from ourselves that is displeasing to Allah Ta'ala. This is the objective, this is the purpose. When this is the objective and purpose, then it also requires that from time to time we stop to take stock of what have we learned, how much have we brought into practice. If we keep learning a lot of things, so Alhamdulillah that is very good in itself, but it is not the destination, it's the road. Learning and ilm is the road, but it must reach the destination of amal, of practicing, of acting according to that knowledge. And that amal includes rectifying one's outer self and rectifying one's inner self. All the external deeds that too must be rectified in terms of whatever has to be done and should be done, one must undertake that and do it and what must be refrained from one must stay far away from it if such a matter is in one's life to get rid of it and likewise the inner self the heart the important qualities that need to be inculcated in the heart we have to take stock of that has that come Whatever wrongs and evils are inside us, whether it's pride, whether it's jealousy, whether it's malice, whether it is some haram that is going on there, whatever it might be, the effort must be to get cleansed from that. So that is the purpose, that is the objective. And so that by doing this, by rectifying our external selves and internal selves, inshallah, we will become accepted in the court of Allah Ta'ala and gain His pleasure. That is the ultimate. The ultimate is that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with us. So all the various lessons from time to time that we learn, we discuss, are all meant to bring us to this same end point to gain the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So as far as the various lessons are concerned, 
they are all different aspects of deen. Sometimes we discuss something regarding akhlaq, sometimes regarding muamalat and muasharat, various things regarding our ibadat, whether it's farz, whether the sunnats, whether the mustahabbat, the nawafil. We discussed now a week ago about the very important occasion and the ibadat that's related to it in terms of ashura. All this is parts, part of the same whole, the same objective to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, to bring our lives according to deen. So our deen, the foundation of our deen is the Quran and Sunnah. The Sunnah is an explanation of the Quran Sharif. The Ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu is an explanation of the Quran Sharif. And the Fuqaha, the great jurists of Islam, they then explained the details that were extracted from the Quran and Sunnah. They codified deen, they deduced all the laws, and they made things very, very simple for us. In the light of their expert knowledge, they were people who understood the depths of ilm, and in that light of that knowledge that Allah Ta'ala blessed them with, that expertise Allah Ta'ala blessed them with, they extracted the masail of deen, and they presented this to us. Now one is the various detailed masail pertaining to all the amal, Masail pertaining to taharat, salah, fasting, and hajj, and zakat, and qurbani, and all the other masail of deen, nikah, and talaq, and inheritance, and business, and various other aspects. So, the fuqaha, mashallah, have done this tremendous service to the ummah, and this great blessing that Allah Ta'ala granted the ummah via them, that mashallah, the masail have been compiled and make it very, very easy for any ordinary person to learn those masail of whatever pertains to him in his day-to-day life and be able to practice on that and move on. So just as mashallah, the fuqaha, the great jurists of Islam, did this tremendous favor to the ummah, and among the very great personalities in this regard, was Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullah who is the Imam of the Hanafi fiqh and he left such a great wealth knowledge, such a tremendously great legacy and that such a vast part of the world follows that fiqh that Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullah codified that he deduced from the Quran and Sunnah and presented to the Ummah just as, mashallah, he deduced these masail and codified them, is also, on the other side, a deduction that he made from the ahadith in different lights. On one occasion, Imam Abu Hanifa advised his son, Imam Hamad, and he told him that, look, I am giving you five ahadith these five ahadith encompass the essence of all the ahadith of Rasulullah now it doesn't mean that there is not 
any need for the other hadith. What is being said is that this is the essence of it. Now you get, for example, milk. Then from milk they extract butter. And then from butter they extract cream. So, or rather it works the other way around. From milk they extract the cream. And from the cream they extract the butter. So now there's a lot of milk that is processed. And out of that great amount of milk that is processed, a comparatively very much smaller quantity of cream comes out. Then that cream is processed and from that a very much smaller quantity of butter comes out. So that butter, if you compare it to the quantity of that milk, would be a small amount. That butter is 500 grams, but it came out of many, many liters of milk. So now this is the essence of it. That butter is the essence of that milk. Now that butter has all the best of that milk all in it. So it's not that it's something apart from the milk, it's all in it. But now if a person has taken some of that butter, he consumed some of that butter, all the benefit of that milk he's consumed. Now over some time he's consumed that one block of butter, whatever period of time that might be, he's like actually consumed the benefit of that 20 liters of milk, many more maybe. So this is what is being meant here, that these five ahadith, Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi selected, that this is the crux of the ahadith, this is the crux of deen, this is the essence of deen. If a person has truly brought these five aspects in his life, then he's achieved the essence of deen. Now the details will be very easy then. It will be very easy. This is a foundation. He's laid the foundation. And if the foundation is laid, then it's very easy to build on top of that. Now many a times, there are great lapses, great deficiencies in many departments of deen. Because with regards to that particular department of deen, the very foundation of that department is missing. It's not there. We don't have that, that foundation laid. So the foundation of Iman is in place, mashallah. But then, like uh, that one is the main foundation, then from there there are smaller things that come in different aspects. So likewise the foundation of Iman, but from that comes out Ibadat, from that comes out Mu'amalat, Mu'asharat, Akhlaq. Now each one has its own sub-foundation. But now, mashallah, somebody has got a trip a tremendously strong foundation of ibadat. So on that, they keep building on the ibadat. Very good, mashallah, excellent. But then they don't have any foundation for mu'asharat, for proper social life, any foundation for good akhlaq, for proper mu'amalat. So now this is a big problem. So now all this has to be in place. And this is what Imam Abu Hanifa selected other ulama also selected, somebody selected four ahadith, somebody selected five ahadith, Imam Abu Dawud selected four ahadith, Imam Abu Hanifa selected five. He said, no, the f- there's a fifth one as well. This is together, it constitutes the essence of deen. So in other words, if a person truly brings these five things in his life, 
he has truly laid the foundation in all the departments of deen. And it will now be very easy to progress in every department of deen. Whether it is ibadat, muamalat, muasharat, akhlaq, all these things are linked to these five things on a basic level. The essence is this. So, subhanallah, one is that this has been extracted by a great personality. Imam Abu Hanifa was a very great muhaddith, very great faqih and jurist, very great pious personality. He, after all, was born in the best of times after the sahaba Kiram. The sahaba Kiram, uh, Imam Abu Hanifa was born in the year 80 after Hijri. So now 80 years after the Hijra. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam left this dunya in the 10th of Hijra. The 10 years after Hijra, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam left this dunya. So 70 years after the demise of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Imam Abu Hanifa was born. So he was in a very golden era. It was still a time when things were at a peak. So he was in a golden era. There were great giants of knowledge and piety and he studied at the feet of such giants of the time and learned Hadith Sharif from them, learned so many sciences of deen and then Allah Ta'ala took him and progressed him to become this great Imam who's termed as Imam Azam, the greatest Imam of fiqh. So obviously his selection has tremendous depth in it. So inshallah in the weeks to come we will discuss these ahadith that he selected. So today to start off with just overall going through these five ahadith and then inshallah we will discuss some details in the next two or three weeks. Discuss some details about these five ahadith. So Imam Muhammad is giving his son this advice, Imam Muhammad, and we being the spiritual children of the muhaddithin, of the fuqaha, of the ulama, of the great servants of deen, so this is advice for us as well. But to this, hold on to it, and inshallah, it will be the means of you now moving forward. So the first Hadith Sharif that he selected, uh, we are just going to very quickly go through these today and then we will expand inshallah in the weeks to come. Next week or two weeks. The first Hadith, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ Now this is the super foundation. That actions are judged according to the intentions. Because this is the most important aspect in anything. And the intention must be correct. The very Iman is based on the intention of a person. If somebody is reading the Kalima very, very nicely, very fluently, expert Tajweed, person learnt it somewhere and now he is reciting the shahadat and getting into deen so to say but his heart there is no sincerity in it 
He is not reciting in order to become a Muslim. Na'uzubillah, he is doing it to just deceive. He is a munafiq. He is doing it to just make people think he is a Muslim, but his heart hasn't changed. In his heart is kufr. So now this recitation of the shahadat in a beautiful, melodious manner, in such a wonderful way, with all the tajweed being fulfilled beautifully, won't help him in the least but rather it will become a greater problem for him that he was a munafiq in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says innal munafiqina fi darkil asfali minan nar that the munafiqin, the hypocrites they will be in the lowest part of hell in other words where it's the worst punishment the most severe punishment so even the very iman of a person is based on his intention that his intention is to come into Islam to accept this iman wholeheartedly to bring this iman in his heart and to rid his heart of any disbelief kufr, shirk etc otherwise if there is disbelief in the heart and he is only professing to have iman that is nifaq, that is hypocrisy and then further than that then every amal, every action that action must be with ikhlas with sincerity so it doesn't mean that anything a person does is fine provided that the intention is correct so Allah forbid somebody says that I'm going to steal in order to help the poor now sometimes people make this kind of uh, claim that what I'm doing is with a good intention so therefore it's fine since my intention is correct so there's no problem but now what they're doing is against the laws of deen against the commands of Allah Ta'ala but they see now I've got a very good intention in it but now they're trampling the commands of Allah Ta'ala so that good intention is not going to be of any benefit and that doesn't justify the wrong action the good intention is necessary in a good action otherwise the good action will also be wasted but a bad action won't become good because of a good intention. The bad action will still remain bad. So now the example we are taking, that somebody decides that they are going to steal. So now they saw you have two or three pens, nice pens, mashallah, some pencils or whatever it is. So they decide that, look, you are sitting with three pens or two pens and expensive pens and there's somebody else they know about who doesn't have any pen. They're going to steal this pen from you because they want to give it to somebody who doesn't have anything. So the intention, mashallah, is very good that they want to help somebody, but the action is terrible. So the good intention is not going to make this terrible action good. That good intention is not going to make any good for the person. He is going to be taken to account and taken to task for this theft. So merely having a good intention, that my intention is to serve deen, and to bring people closer to Islam. But now these people who I want to bring closer to Islam, they are very interested in music for example. So I'm going to play some music now to attract them, and then when they get attracted to the music, I'm going to then give some dawah to deen. I'll put the music off and I'll give some dawah to deen. So they will now hear something about deen, and they'll get interested, and they'll come closer to deen. So my intention of playing the music is not because I want to play music, but because I want to invite them, I want to get them closer, I want to bring them around. Then I will give the dawat. Now the intention is to spread deen, but the action, action is against deen. 
So that good intention is not going to justify the wrong action. That wrong action will remain wrong. And remain sinful. And a person will be taken to task for it. And it might become a means of ruining and destroying even the good action that was associated with it. So he did half wrong and half right. That half right also will get wasted and get destroyed because of the half wrong. And it won't bring any benefit to the person who is doing such an action. Neither in dunya nor in akhirat. It will be the opposite. So the good intention is the first thing. Deeds are judged by their intention. Inshallah we will discuss more further. But just to take the other ahadith that have been mentioned. So we have an overall picture in our minds of the five ahadith that Imam Abu Hanifa selected. That this is the essence of deen. So the first one was intention. That the person's actions are judged according to his intentions, meaning the good actions that he does, it must also have a correct intention. Otherwise that good action will also be destroyed. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Then the second hadith sharif that من حسن إسلام المرئي تركه ما لا يعنيه In a very general manner, we can also uh, one is this means is that give up anything futile. In a more broad way, it can also be termed as mind your own business. Don't get into other people's matters. One is if somebody is in a difficulty, yes, that's a different matter. That we have been commanded to help, to assist people in their need, to assist people in their difficulties, to make things easy for people. But what is meant here is, mind your own business, don't get into other people's issues. This person is going somewhere, so where is he going and why is he going there, what he's going to be doing there. And that person visited the other person, the third person. So why this person went to visit that third person? What's the problem? What is they doing? Or maybe there's some, some domestic matter. There. That's why that person came to visit the house. Or that person came or maybe there's some proposal coming here or something. Now every small thing now, we become the panchat dadis of the whole community. And everything we must know what's going on and must talk about it and then must pass it on to the next person and these are the people they call the Panchat Dadis. So now the whole community is Panchat and all the gossip and everything starts. This is something that destroys a person's deen. And it also becomes a blockage from a person progressing in deen. One is what is there gets destroyed because now it will lead to rebirth, it will lead to so many other wrongs. And as a result, all the reward a person is getting from the amal he's doing will be distributed to others who he has made ghibat of and so on. But it stems out of this. Now we're talking about the essence of deen. So now if this is adopted, a person minds his own business, a lot of things he'll get saved from. Many, many serious wrongs he'll get saved from. So where there is some benefit to somebody, then it's a different matter. That we're going to benefit somebody by helping them, by assisting them. We can see there's a problem here. The person is stuck on the road. So are we going to stop to ask and help? Him? 
person is rolling in pain or you can see the person is couching in pain. So now you are not going to walk past indifferently. person is crouching in pain, you are going to ask, is something wrong, can I help? You seem to be in pain, what can I do for you? Can I put some water? Can I arrange something for you? But now, the person is sitting and writing something, you pass there, what are you writing? And uh, are you the person's parent? Are you the person's muallima? Are you somebody who is the elder sister that should be supervising and taking care of her younger sister? person is writing something, if there is some clear evidence or indication that there is something going wrong here, that's a different matter than with the right intention you should help to try and correct the wrong. But now to pry into people's matters and to try and dig into people's matters and affairs, that is a terrible thing that we must never ever get into. So this is the essence of the Hadith Sharif, min husni islam in mar'i tarkuhu yani that it is part of the perfection of a person's Islam, that he gives up futile things. So the first Hadith Sharif was, That actions are judged according to their intentions. And the second one was, Min husni Islamil mar'i tarkuhu That it is the perfection of a person's Islam, that he gives up futile things. And as we said, we can explain it just in a broad way, in a broad way for our understanding that mind your own business but now this mind your own business there is detail in that as explained where there is some spiritual benefit some worldly benefit that can be passed on to somebody then we should try we should do that but we don't get into people's issues and matters we don't pry into that we don't try to dig into people's matters we leave them alone, we worry about ourselves. We worry about our problems, our deficiencies, our faults. We look into our lives in that regard. Then the third Hadith Sharif that Imam Abu Hanifa selected, that لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ The crux of this is love for others, what you love for yourself. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says that you are not a believer. What the Muhaddisin explain that this means that the Iman is not perfect, it's very deficient. But there's such a strong manner of expressing it which shows that what a great deficiency. That it is being expressed in a way as if there is no Iman. Though that is not what is meant because if a person has belief in Allah and His Rasul and all the fundamentals of deen and in the correct manner in the Quran, in the ahadith of Rasulullah in akhirat etc etc in the correct manner then he has iman and if he is not fulfilling this then he is very deficient in his amal but the expression is very strong that it is it shakes the heart it jolts the person because as if he is being told that your iman is gone. But is that not, not what meant? What is meant is your amal is very deficient and this has brought a tremendous deficiency in your iman. So Nabi Salaam says, La yu'minu ahadukum that none of you is a believer until he loves for his fellow Muslim what he loves for himself. Now this too inshallah we will we have dealt with these things before, we will deal with it again, we will discuss it in some detail later. But 
this we should inscribe on our hearts and minds. That we should love for others, but we should love for ourselves. Love for others in terms of the type of treatment that we love for ourselves. We should love for others. And we should treat them in that manner. We love that we be treated with respect, with honor. We are not humiliated. We are not uh, made a mockery. We are not be made a target of people's uh, fun. So we should do the same for others. We should treat others in the same manner. We shouldn't mock people. We shouldn't cause the cleave to them. So, a person is not a mu'min until he loves for others what he loves for himself. So that is the third lesson. Love for others what you love for yourself. So one is the aspect of treatment and the other is that we clean our hearts out of hasad and jealousy for others. We keep our hearts clean for everybody. So the first Hadith Sharif again was Innamal A'malu bin Niyat Actions are judged according to intentions. The second was Min Husni Islam il Mar'i Tarkuhu Malayani that it is the perfection of a mu'min's iman that he gives up whatever is futile. And the third, love for others what you love for yourself. The Hadith Sharif we discussed that La Yu'minu Ahadukum Hatta Yuhibba li Akhihima Yuhibbu li Nafsi. Then the fourth Hadith Sharif that Imam Abu Hanifa Rahmatullahi selected that Inna al Halala Bayinun wa Inna al Harama Bayinun wa Bayinahuma Mushtabihat that halal is also very very clear, haram is also very very clear and between them is the doubtful things. So keep yourself safe from this also. Because the person who keeps himself safe from this, he'll stay safe from haram. The person who starts getting into these doubtful things, then the door towards haram is wide open. It's just a matter of time before he starts falling into that door. So to be cautious, to adopt caution in deen, not to take things casually in everything and just go headlong into anything and everything and say we'll find out later. It might be a disaster by the time we find out. So this was the fourth one. That halal and haram are very clear and in between there are some things that are not so clear. So we must adopt caution in these matters. And then the fifth hadith sharif Al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadihi that a Muslim is the one who others are safe from the harm of his tongue and his hands. Now, this is the foundation of the of Mu'asharat. A person doesn't give any taklif to others, any difficulty and any pain to others. He is steadfast on being himself and he is helping others and he doesn't give any harm and taklif to others. So a person who will bring all these five lessons in their lives in the true manner fulfilling the requirements and heart and soul, inshallah he has laid the foundation to all the departments of deen. And on this it will be very easy to build up this strong deen. But if these things are lacking, anything is lacking in here, it will create a great deficiency. So inshallah in the coming weeks we will discuss further 
and make dua to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to bring all these lessons deeply in our lives. Allah Ta'ala bless us with that complete ikhlas and sincerity and Allah Ta'ala make us among those who stay away from all futility and as we explained for our understanding broadly that we mind our own business and then we love for others what we love for ourselves and then the aspect about right and wrong being clear and in between are the doubtful things Allah Ta'ala enable us to always adopt caution in these matters not that we just dive headlong into it and we protect our tongue protect our hand from any harm meaning any action, any deed all this must be according to what Allah Ta'ala has commanded we don't do anything that is against the commands of Allah Ta'ala and that will become a source of taklif and harm for others May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala bless us all and grant us a tawfiq of practicing on these lessons. Wa akhiru da'awana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thanaan alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. Rabbana ghalamna anfusana wa illam takhfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin. Rabbi khfir warham wa anta khairul rahimeen. ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين